You're listening to Geekly Podcast, episode 11, Geek Spot number four. everybody welcome to another episode of the geekly podcast i'm your host brad and i'm here with my co-host kayla hey and we've got a really exciting episode for everybody today today is our third geek spot episode and we are highlighting two of our favorite people in the gaming community uh please welcome matthew dayton hello and jordan oh hello Dang, Jordan. <laughs> that would be an impressive intro. Woo-hoo, we're cheering for me. <laughs> um, for those that don't know, uh, Matt and Jordan are uh, two staples in uh, Twitter's gaming community and uh, two close friends of both of ours. Um, if you're looking to follow them, you can find Matt uh, under uh, at Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-W, Dayton, D-A-Y-T-O-N. And you can find Jordan under her handle at is it just galactics gg is yes. that how i say it okay and that's spelled g-a-l-a-k-t-i-x-g-g um we're really excited to have you both on today hope you're all doing well Wonderful. very well thank, thank you. you all right <laughs> and uh as we've uh done in the past uh geek spots the geek spot is an open forum where we allow people anywhere in the twitter twitter gaming community and also as we expand and grow people outside of that community to kind of go in talk about themselves. It's a chance for them to, uh, you know, talk about themselves and people kind of get to know them um, better. And, you know, it's a chance for them to make some more friends and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll go ahead and we'll just roll it in. Uh, who wants to start first, Matt or Jordan? Go ahead, Jordan. Oh, you want me to start? Okay. I don't all know right. what to say. <laughs> all right, no, Jordan, you'll just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, like uh, a little bit like, you know, your hobby, kind of what you like to do. Any, anything fun about yourself that you think uh, people uh, on the podcast and on Twitter think should know about you? All right. So by day, I am a robotics programmer for a car company. And when I am not at work, I like to play video games. And I'm also a big fan of Gundams. I just started building those in September. And I'm already to 22 builds. And I try to panel line and decal all of them so they take a bit of work but i absolutely love it like it's so much fun it's super relaxing so it's been kind of like uh my alternative to gaming if i'm just not in the mood to play a game i'll put something on tv and then build a gundam and it's just a lot of fun also the whole community too getting to know some people based on their enjoyment of that hobby as well has been a lot of fun it's a really fun community they're all really nice and welcoming and accepting which is hard to find on the internet these days to be fair so <laughs> you're not lying there. Nope. Um, I, I am. Uh, I went to school for game design, so I'm kind of in a different field than I uh, intended on going into. But I did go for like art and 3D modeling, and I have been majorly slacking on it. But <laughs> I really want to get back into it again. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think right now Gundams are my creative outlet because of the customization that you can do with them. So 
Oh, right. besides that, and then you build robots at home. <laughs> yeah, so right. You build robots at work and home. Yeah. I just tell them what to do at work. At home, I, I build the cool Japanese ones, and they don't do anything. They just stand there. Still, you still tell them what to do. <laughs> with my fingers, yes, which is a great skill oh, that yeah. I have. P.S. I believe that's the same way you tell everyone. What to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! So how did so how did you switch uh, then from you said you originally wanted you know game design and all that? How did you end up in robotics from from game design? What did you kind of down that path? Uh, so. I ended up, I didn't end up finishing my degree. I only had a couple classes, but I ended up burning myself out really bad because I was taking a lot of hard classes and working full time. So I ended up dropping out, never finished. Um, and then I eventually worked my way over to Tesla in California. Um, I'm originally from Michigan, so it was a big move. But um, I had worked at Tesla a couple different jobs on their, at their main plant in Fremont, California and uh, did some paint repair technician work. So I worked offline, uh, any defects that the bodies came down with through the paint shop, I would repair. Uh, so I kind of got like, got to know how paint works on vehicles and I got like that manufacturing structure. Um, and then after I had quit Tesla, I quickly after that got a call from a recruiting agency for uh, the company I work for now. And they just said, hey, we have this position. It works with robots. You tell them what to do. You work in some 3D software. You'll be in the paint shop a lot programming them. Uh, just tons of hours, lots of travel opportunity. And I was like, okay, that sounds really interesting. And it paid well. So uh, I applied, got my interview. The, the guy that interviewed me apparently really liked me, offered me the job at that point. And I moved to Texas to... Uh, pursue a new career so it kind of just happened i guess <laughs> kind of magically now i gotta ask what was it like uh twitter Musk? oh uh i did meet him a couple times um he was always nice to me he was taller than i expected he always wore really nice shoes uh i'd always remember that because we we're supposed to wear safety shoes on the floor and he didn't he just wore like five thousand dollar <laughs> shoes um <laughs> I have I have a few stories. I have one fun one. I'll make it quick. But uh, he wasn't wearing his safety glasses, and the lady that was standing next to him, one of my coworkers, was like, "Sir, you need to put on your glasses." And he was <laughs> like, "Why? Like nothing's happening." Because he was just standing on this line. There's nothing like flying around, you know. Yeah. And she's like, "Because you need to. It's the rule." And he's like, "Yeah, but like it's not really necessary now." She and then she just looks at him and she goes, "You are supposed to be the face of this company." You need to represent us, and you need to wear your safety equipment. <laughs> oh my god, good for her! Damn, yeah. I was gonna I say, is she is she still alive, or like did you hire someone to murder her? <laughs> Last time sex. I knew, I I helped her write her resume, um, and she got a different like still in Tesla, but she transferred to a different position, and it was a better position. So. That was the last I heard from her, but yes, she did survive. Nice. He did put on her. his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, but we weren't the engineers. He would freak out at engineers. Like you would see him walking around. He always had like a posse with him, uh, a couple engineers, his like aides, and then there was always security too that would be like right next to him. And then there was also security like in that like area, like on the outside, just like watching people. Um, like if you pulled out your phone, they would walk you out and fire you. So there was 
no selfie taking opportunities, unfortunately. <laughs> Dang, so you couldn't even take a selfie one. with Musk himself and be like, yeah, I met this guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have no proof. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so we don't, so really, we, you could just be making this right now. Like, That's yeah, true. Guys, I met Elon Musk. <laughs> I could be making it up. Uh, first time I met him, I uh, was working out in the uh, end of line tent on the Model 3, and he walked in and he was wearing a Duff t shirt from uh, The Simpsons. So, oh wow, and I thought that was funny. It's like, nice CEO wearing his Duff t shirt. I thought he was like so cool back in the day. Um, my opinions have slightly changed a little bit, but we <laughs> all thought he was cool for a long time yeah. there. I don't think he's like the worst. No, nobody said be... anything like that, but you know. Might be an unpopular opinion for some, but <laughs> say, speak for yourselves. <laughs> yeah, he was admittedly a huge asshole to the people that like worked directly under him. Like he would scream at them, and be like, "What the fuck is going on? Why the fuck is this happening?" Like, and he'd be like screaming this, oh, I've and he would just like, <laughs> yeah, he would like if if uh, if he had a question, like if, if there was something not working with the robots, and he asked the engineer, "Why is this not working?" and the engineer said, "I don't know," he would walk them out and fire them, Holy like, cow. or I guess have his security walk them out. Yes, he wasn't he he was an asshole to be fair, but he was nice to uh, yeah. all the like line workers yeah. like me. <laughs> You're going to get our uh, podcast canceled by him. Say something nice now. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're not allowed to criticize Elon Musk or he'll just uh, bang. Say something nice. His hair, his hair implants look nice on him. Convincing. Please us on Twitter. <laughs> We're all going to die after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm so, protected by hate crime laws. So. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so is Jordan. For now. Hey, we... Damn it, I'm a... Sh oh, shit. I'm a straight white male, so I ain't protected from anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's 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 good for me, right? <laughs> no. This is... don't, I don't think it counts for me. I'm in a passing relationship, so it's fake for me. <laughs> Oh yeah, they uh, won't actually acknowledge you as pansexual. Yeah, they won't. They won't acknowledge me. No. And Caleb, Caleb is also a straight white male, so he he ain't gonna. He's not protected from anything. Nope. I mean, he could probably step on Elon me. Musk though, since he's like six eight. That's I know true. he can't say anything he's a producer, but he could step on Elon Musk. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Elon wasn't that tall. He was probably like six two, maybe. Well, that is tall. I'm gonna like. jump in here. I could totally take Elon Musk in a fight. <laughs> I, I, can we like, pay, yeah i'm gonna pay i want to pay to watch that please i, I do i would pay pay-per-view money for that I, I really would i would watch that on pay-per-view and every penny man you'll catch me up in the b-dub big screen like i'm like let's roll <laughs> and just to let you know we will not caleb caleb's uh a jump staying in the end of the podcast he is allowed to jump in sure, oh, absolutely so I don't know if I want him to talk. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Caleb. We gotta do what the guest says. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Jordan. Jordan. Uh, Jordan said so. Sorry, there was there was a dissent. So yeah, you're a little too tall for me. <laughs> I just can't get behind that. <laughs> oh my god. Well, Jordan, you said you're also uh, into games. Favorite games. What's my so favorite game? Is that what you asked? <laughs> Oh, sorry. I, I'll, I'll start that again. So, Jordan, you also said uh, you're also a gamer. So, uh, 
or some of your favorite video games kind of into playing? Oh, okay. My favorite of all time is pretty much, and this is, I'm lame, is pretty much every Bethesda game ever. Um, <laughs> especially Skyrim. And then I loved all the Fallout games that I've played. I've played three, New Vegas, and four. I loved all of them. I'm not uh, sure how that's lame. You know, because Bethesda has like a like a bad name right now. But Better. I was like such a huge fan of them for like so long. Um, I got to meet when I was uh, in school. Still, I went up to Canada for a game con or conference convention, and uh, Jonah Loeb he made like Alduin. He did the trolls, uh, yeah. the Draugr. Like he modeled all of those. I got to meet him, and he like I showed him my portfolio. He critiqued it, kind of like told me like some pointers for you know, how to stand out in the game industry and all that. And it was just such a cool experience. So I have like a really deep love for Bethesda games. So my favorites for sure are, you know, some Bethesda games like Skyrim. I love Oblivion too. Um, of course, I love the Horizon series. I think Aloy is amazing. I got her tattooed on my arm because I love her so much. <laughs> um, basically, when it comes to games, like I'm not insanely picky. It just has to be something that like draws me in and it's like a lot of fun. Something that, like, I just lose track of time. Those are my favorite kind of games where I start playing and then, like, I feel like it's been an hour, but it's in four hours. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm still sitting here playing this. And I didn't even realize that, like, time passed. Those are, yeah. like, the most fun for me. Uh, that usually, like, lots of customization. Uh, I love to you know, looty kind of games. Games with, like, a lot of gear that I can just kind of, like, go through, organize. Um Character creation, absolutely love that. Like, I'll spend hours doing character creation. Any sort of, like, home design or, like, you know, Fallout 4 had the settlements. I was obsessed with that. Like, I spent most of my time in Fallout 4 building my settlements. Yeah. <laughs> so, that part was just so fun to me. So, yeah. Like, like Story Valley-type games? Like, cozy games? Um, yeah, I have some. I like like Animal Crossing is one of those really good cozy games that I've absolutely loved playing. I put like 400 hours into it that summer. Yeah, um, I, I, man, I still, yeah, I got almost 500 hours. In yeah, it's a wonderful game. Um, Stardew Valley, absolutely love that game. Um, and then I also really like simulations. Like I play a lot of, like I was just playing Car Mechanic Simulator earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything where you I can Sims like... Too, don't you? Hmm? you play Sims too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. My first Sims game was Sims 3. <laughs> I was like, I swear I've seen you post videos of uh, you and Elsa. Yes. <laughs> I did. I made an Elsa, Elsa in, a, in a playthrough, then I was streaming it. <laughs> I, I saw your Elsa post. It was hilarious. For those that don't know, uh, Simp. For those who don't know, I'm an Elsa Simp? Yeah, just for those yeah that don't yes. know. Yeah, that, yeah, you're Elsa's number one. It's true. Her story is a coming out story. Uh, I will always be convinced Pardon. of that. Let it go. <laughs> you know what? I'm never going to let it go, right? <laughs> I use that song in therapy to get over past traumas, okay? <laughs> so, my question is then, Frozen 1 or Frozen? Uh, that one's hard. Okay. Sure. I love them both so much. Frozen 1 was arguably a better movie. But Frozen 2 was something, like, Frozen 1, I would just watch, right? I wasn't looking forward to it. It just came out, and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this, and I fell in love. Frozen 2, I had all this in anticipation beforehand, where I was just, like, so stoked for it to happen. 
that like it was just such a special experience. I went to the theater like that, like the night that it released with two of my friends. Um, they're both also on Twitter. And <laughs> we we just had like so much fun and it was just so exciting. I was like, I finally get to see Elsa again. She like lets her hair down and I'm like, I fucking love this so much. So I don't know. I love both of them. <laughs> no, fair enough. Hey, no problem. If you can't pick, I get it. If you so. Yeah. The first was cool. I, I The thing that happened, I think, with those movies is that the first one came at a point in my life where I was trying to figure things out. I hadn't come out yet. Um, I was still holding on to like a lot of my past, a lot of traumas. Um, and that was kind of it kind of felt like that was what Elsa was going through when that movie came out and when I was going through that. And then the second movie came out and I had come out like just uh, what, eight months before the movie came out. Um, just gotten divorced because again, I came out and I was married to a man, so that was not going to work. Um, <laughs> and she like finds herself at that point, like in the second movie, she's, she goes off onto this adventure and she figures out like really who she is. And it just like, both those movies came out at like such significant times in my life. And I think that's why it was so like, I loved them so much and why I loved Elsa's character so much because it just related to what I was going through at the time. Dang, that's really cool. Yeah, so, and I know, they're just Disney movies, but hey. <laughs> um, Jesus. Like this is... Disney movies have important messages, so it makes sense that you could... You're a robot in my Oh my god. I can't hear you. Yeah. I understood her. She said Disney movies have good messages, so you can relate to them. Something along those lines. <laughs> Which is true. They do have, they have, I mean, they tend to go for relatable stories, you know, like, and among all ages so that they can attract families to come spend money in the movie theater, capitalism, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> yes, they do have lots of like really good stories in them that can relate to a lot of different types of people. Yes, very true. Yeah. Um, yeah, for those that are listening, we do apologize for some of the cuts. We, um, we are going to be switching out of Discord um, after this episode. Um, but for now, we're just trying to make the best of it. And thank you, Jordan, for eating what we're saying and all that stuff to kind of make sure that our little cuts that are out of our control, uh, you know, get, uh, whatever the word is to the, to, to the people, <laughs> they get what they're saying. Um, anyway, also, I forgot, aren't you, aren't you a big Horizon fan also? Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge Horizon fan. Like I said earlier, I uh, have yeah, an Aloy she got it too. <laughs> oh, did I miss that? Dang, somehow. <laughs> Am I really cutting out still? Yes, really yeah, good. Yes. <laughs> did I really miss the? Did I really miss her talking about? Shit, I wonder how. Yeah, bro. Fuck. WTF. Yeah, I loved the Horizon games, and I got an Aloy tattoo on my arm. It's not done yet. I still have to get it shaded in and okay. colored. I mean, it has some shading, but it's not complete. All right, well, I'll, um, sorry, Caleb, you can cut my stupid question out if she already talked. <laughs> um, all right, we'll move. I guess we'll move forward. Oh. Um, now, here's a fun fact uh, about Jordan and Matt. Um, they're both, you know, they're both really good friends that play off each other. Uh, Matt and I are, uh, diehard Tomb Raider fans, but, uh, Jordan likes to shit on the game sometimes. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, 
guilty. Jordan, why don't you tell us about your relationship with Tomb Raider? Jesus. <laughs> okay. To start, I was not allowed to play games with violence in them when I was a kid. All right, no so I was not allowed. <laughs> That's not true. Okay. It was only justice. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, my parents never bought me Tomb Raider, okay? I had a PS1, and I played, like, sports games, racing games, uh, Abe's Odd World, and then, like, moved on to Xbox at that point. And so Tomb Raiding never... is a sport. Lara Croft can race. Her <laughs> parents could have been convinced. That's true. Yeah, I didn't know all this at that time, though. So <laughs> I know. So I didn't... The only experience I had with Tomb Raider um, up until I was, like... Until the uh, first of the trilogy came out, the most recent trilogy was watching the Tomb Raider movie with Angelina Jolie. Like, that was the extent. I, I had knowledge of the series, and I knew who Lara Croft was, and I thought she was really cool, but I didn't really know anything else. So uh, the first game I played was the, I believe, 2013, correct? Yeah, 2013. The first of the reboot trilogy. Yeah, and I played it, and I was like, dude, this is fucking amazing. Like, I hadn't played any of the Uncharted games, so I hadn't oh, played any of those. there's like... the key. Now I understand everything. Who <laughs> <laughs> hadn't played the, the first games. That... <laughs> Look, they're not exactly the same, okay? They have a lot of similarities, but they're definitely not the same kind of game. Right, but... Lara Croft has a ponytail. <laughs> Look, they're different. I am sexually attracted to Lara Croft. I am not sexually attracted to Nathan Drake. So they're different. I am sexually I. attracted to both. I'm attracted to both. They're the same. Nah, Lara is like, she's queen. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I played that, that first one. Of course I'm not. Uh, I, I played the first of the trilogy, <laughs> of the recent trilogy. I thought it was super fun. It wasn't like the best game I've ever played, but I thought it was a ton of fun. And I just really liked her character a lot. And I really liked Sam. And I was really angry when they just kind of like threw her out. <laughs> and she just didn't exist after the first game. Um, I did read the comics that took place after the first game. And that's all about Sam because she's like still, uh, what is it? Like corrupted by Himiko? Was that her name? Yes, um, Himiko, yeah. Yeah, it's been years since I played it. But um, and it kind of like goes into that. She gets like sent to a psych ward and stuff. And that's like where it leaves off. <laughs> And then, like, the second game starts, and I'm like, what happened to Sam? Is she okay? And they just don't talk about her ever again. Like, there's no, one... They, they only talk about Jorna. <laughs> Jorna! Jorna! Sam! That's what the what game is it? They only mentioned... been called. Don't they only mention Sam in, like, Lara's therapy session or something? They just kind of vaguely mention that, like, she doesn't... That she and Lara aren't anymore or something like that. Yeah, they're there's... like, who's your girlfriend? And she's like, this girl, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. In the in the second game, there's a note that you can find that's like a journal entry from like Lara, and it just talks about like Sam's experience or something like that, or it's like her biography or whatever. Like it, that's it. It's not there's, impactful at all. There's a comic um, that takes place in between. I think the first and second game. Um, yeah, that's the one that I read. That's what She's was in. About. Oh, okay, yeah. co- okay, and as well, she. From because I didn't read it, I just read the Wikipedia page, and I read that she was in jail, <laughs> so I could be wrong. Yeah. That's no, like yeah, why they don't talk arrested. about her. Because she yeah, started like yeah. killing people, like she started attacking yeah. people because she was possessed by Himiko, and she started like getting people to follow her as Himiko to like get her followers back, you know, because she was still you know possessed by this spirit. So that the comics are like about that what she's doing and like Lara's just like existing pretty much during all these comics and so, then 
It's pretty much about Sam, honestly. <laughs> let me get this straight. Let me let me let me get this straight. So basically, all the actions that Lara took to save Sam's ass were for nothing. Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. You you put all this focus, like the whole point of the first game, pretty much, is to find Sam. You know, yeah. to protect her, save her from Himiko. And you do that, and she's still possessed at the end of the game. But you don't know that in the game. You find that out in the comics. So you read the comics about that. And then it just kind of ends. And then the second game starts, and there's only like a slight mention of her existence once in the game. And, and it's then, like, well, what the fuck? That did irritate me. But yet Jonah won't go away. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Jonah. But I can't, I can't say, I cannot say I'm a diehard Tomb Raider fan. I am a diehard Lara Croft fan. <laughs> um, so I agree with that because Tomb Raider hasn't been good since 2008. Um, <laughs> I will always love Lara Croft. Even her new age version of Lara Croft was still a great character. Um, despite yeah. her being like emotionally fractured by her daddy and um, or whatever happened. <laughs> um, besides that, she was a strong character. She just wasn't... Here's my biggest gripe with Tomb Raider. With the new trilogy. And 2013 came out, I loved it. I love this new direction. I love this new Lara Croft. And then Rise came out, and she was exactly the same Lara Croft. She hadn't grown at all as an individual or, like, in her intelligence or her ability to use things. Um, and then, additionally, she, like, her physical prowess didn't. She didn't become any better at, like, a circle to trip that's stupid um so that was my biggest problem and then so shadow sold this thing being like watch lara croft become the tomb Raider she was always meant to be exactly the same character again all the way through shadow and the problem with the games themselves which is minimal is that every single game didn't make like Lara. thank god the whole world was built around lara's pickaxe <laughs> and her rope that pulls things down. I just meant Yeah, that was a bit that was a bit ridiculous. It was just the gameplay design was a little lackluster for me. I did enjoy the games. 2013 Sweet. sold a promise and Shadow yeah. never delivered it. And so I went this like what five years over this trilogy for essentially nothing to happen. And Lara got that skill tree in Shadow. I thought, wow, this is gonna be cool. It's really gonna happen. I'm going to be able to, like, unlock acrobatics and do things. Just, it was still circle the trip the whole game. <laughs> yeah, it was, they, they definitely didn't live up to the expectation that they were trying to do. Because, like, yeah, the Tomb Raider was really good. And I liked the throwback when you found all, like, the geocaches and stuff that made the little secret sound from the original Tomb Raider. And they were kind of, like, teasing other things. And it looked like, you know, the future was bright. And, you know, at the end of the reboot, you know, she uses the dual pistol. You know, which was like a big throwback. And I remember going like, holy shit, holy shit. All right, this is where we're going. Like she's turning into the Tomb Raider. And I thought the next two were going to, like you said, build off that. And then they just didn't. It was really the same game three times. In a row. Like when she fell into the lake with the fire behind it and she came up all badassery. I was like, OK. Yeah. And she's mad because Jorna just died. And I'm like, oh, she's catalyzed. She's like going to be the Tomb Raider. And she like lost it for a second. I was like, yes, this is Lara Croft. And then Jorna showed up, and she's like, I'm better now. Let's go Jorna! Jorna! <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping now that Square Enix doesn't 
own them anymore that they'll kind of go back to the tomb raider and i don't yeah i do enjoy like i said i enjoy what the reboot introduced like the gritty um yeah you know their gunplay was certainly was very copy pasted but um it worked so i'd like yeah, i'd a- like a hybrid of the two i wouldn't yeah it's not a bad style. Like, yeah, you're right. No, the gunplay isn't bad. That's not, it's not a bad style. It was, you know, it is that, that the way the third party games kind of do that style is, is not bad. I, I, I think that's a good, a good mesh no. for third party for, yeah, third person shooters um, mechanics. I, I, I agree with you there. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm hoping we get a little something. I want the dual effect like really bad. <laughs> and I think it would be nice if the games were actually about raiding tombs. And, um, yeah. and here's the thing, like, if you look at a silhouette of Lara Croft, classic Lara Croft, you know for a fact that who you are looking at is classic Lara Croft. Her braid, yeah. her hair, her glasses, her body, the way she stands. And when you look at a silhouette of current Lara Croft, it's anyone. Like, I showed Amra, he said, who is that? And I said, that's Lara Croft. And he, he looked at it and he said, no, it's not. Dang. It's just a girl. <laughs> just some girl. He said, Are you sure that's not Ellie or something? <laughs> yes, I'm sure Ouch. of it. Um, but she did lose a little bit of our identity. Yeah, and like I said, I'm the new company that owns her, I know that they even said they're opening to to like, you know, remaster the the original games. And I think that would be cool if they did that too. I wouldn't mind getting new games, but finally seeing the the old ones get some oh, absolutely. type of update. From it's a bit models. of love. Like I seriously would. I'm not even gonna say I'd spend on each of them because then they're gonna do that. But I would. You would what? Spend seventy dollars on each of them. I yeah. would too. Like I would I happily been. replay the Tomb Raider games. I mean, these games were like. I mean, you could, like, rush through them, but if you didn't know what you were doing or where you were going, these games lasted, like, 60 hours. Oh, it's so true. I remember getting lost, like, what the hell I'm doing. I want that back. I want that feeling of, like, claustrophobia and lost. Like, I have to find my way through this because if I don't, that's, you know, that's the only way out and not so much I, corridor. I used to like to do the, uh, I used to try to, uh, minimize like my health packs to see how many health packs I could like collect and I tried not using like the extra weapons as long as I could like I tried to do like pistol run throughs and all that I think when I beat the first one I, I um I did a run through in college of it and I think I did it where I didn't even use I didn't use any of the other guns until like the final boss so the mutated whatever what's this good thing I used the shotgun for that because and then I uh saved the Uzis didn't fire a single Uzi bullet until Natla and then, like, I somehow, like, glitch-trapped her into, like, one of the pyramid corridors, and then she stopped chasing me and just left oh, the game. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question about the yeah. old Tomb Raider games. Um, and, and just a preface for that question. The re- like, I loved the, the first reboot of the Tomb Raider games because, like Matt was saying, they really, like, set her up. Like, you think, yeah. this is young Lara... She is just now discovering herself. She's learning these things. She's going on her first adventures, you know. And, like, they really set it up to create a really good story about her own personal growth. And then they completely flop. Like yeah. Matt said, again, yeah. she just stays the same the whole time. And that was, I, I agree. Like, I had fun with the games, but I thought that part was really frustrating. I'm curious, how was the character represented on the original games? And did she show character growth? Because... 
I know with, I mean, with the retro games I've played, they don't seem to focus as much on story as a lot of games do now these days, but I also haven't played a lot of retro games, so maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, I would say that there was certainly less of an emphasis on story in the original Tomb Raiders. For example, Tomb Raider 1 had 14 dialogue. Total. Oh, jeez. The entire game. And it yep. wasn't so much about the story as it was as it as it was about the way Lara Croft went out everything. She was just mm-hmm. very much a like feminist master. She could do I... anything that everyone else on this planet could do, and she did it better. And she just always got what she wanted. She was like James Bond ish. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she I had a say there was... to her. I wouldn't say there was much as in the way of character growth. And the only reason no, that it wasn't. bothered me in the reboot is because there was a promise sold for character growth. It was supposed to develop into this character that, because Lara Croft was 29. So it was supposed to develop from like rushing on Yamatai at 21 into this capable Tomb Raider by 29 that went intentionally on these horrid adventures. And I felt like 2013 really set up like way someone would behave if they were trapped in like what she went through in Tomb Raider 1. Um, so I think the character development arc only mattered to me because it was promised in the reboot. I, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really well said. Yeah, the, the point of when Core even designed Crop originally, they said they had designed her to be like a badass heroine. Like she was just supposed to be this like really cool, like suave, like female lead that's just like people would idolize and want to be like and the idea of the games were they focused mostly on design um and the gameplay that was kind of like the sole the sole purpose of it so you played as this badass character like they kind of gave you an overview of kind of what you were chasing so there was kind of like a generic plot to it um for it but what you were doing is the enjoyment that you got from it was playing as this badass and going through solving puzzles going through these really cool design levels and all of that, the story, what they were going to do um, when the PS2 era came and the Angel of Darkness trilogy was there, there ended up not being an, an Angel of Darkness trilogy. But the idea of I was going to say the trilogy, what? And now that it because it got be canceled. Or, yes, it or got oh. I could I could go into a whole conversation about the tragedy for design in Tomb Raider, but we probably don't have enough time for that. So true, um, what? It's true, though. It is true. Um, yeah, that'll be another episode. We'll talk about the tragedy of Tomb Raider. Um, like the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. It's, <laughs> it's a sad tale. Um, no, it's the Angel of Darkness is where they start a darker thing, and it sounded like they were starting to pick up the narrative with the technology of the PS2. So, like, Angel of Darkness was, like, it was darker. Like, they were showing, like, a different type of Lovecraft. Um, like, you know, she was on the run being framed for, like, murder mentor, stuff like that, and there was, like, this idea, and they were adding these new features and stuff, and it was supposed to be really like like kind of a turning point. And I think they would have started venturing out, experimenting with character growth and, and, and different themes, but it got rushed and it was full of bugs and glitches. So it bombed. Oh. Um, and then yeah, our, our got girl deserves, our, our girl deserves better. She, better. She, she, does. Does, she deserves better. Long, she, long, long story short on the fall of core design and why Lara shafted um, in her first iteration basically was Eidos um, was the original publisher design created game devs um idos got really freaking greedy 
Um, and they just wanted to keep pumping Tomb Raider games out every year to keep the train rolling. Eventually, the declined, and those were just freaking miserable all the time. Like, Core's original plan was um, after Tomb Raider, they would make Tomb Raider 2. Like, the goal was they would have another PS1 1, and by the time there, so there'd be the first two games would have been PS1 titles, and then they wanted Tomb Raider 3 to be on the PS2. Like, they wanted to utilize the PS2's engine and take it into a direction, open it up to all these other things and kind of make games about every three years they wanted to do Tomb Raider games and do different adventures with Lara Croft and be really innovative. Instead, Ido said, I want a game every year. And they were so pissed off by Last Revelation that they killed her off in the Last Revelation that Eidos got really pissed because they didn't tell Eidos, so then they had to make Chronicles um, <laughs> again, and then they were forced to pump out two years later Angel of Darkness. Wait, they literally killed Lara Croft? Yeah, at the oh. end of it, yeah, they killed Lara Croft. She dies? Well, it's implied. Well, like she does. Yeah, wow. it's like it's still ambiguous. Like she doesn't make it out of a tomb, so they just like tried to make it like that. So then, basically, in Chronicles, Von Croy just kind of finds the tomb and opens it up, and they find her. Like it's oh, just okay. yeah, it's like reopened, and then Angel of Darkness picks up from there. So, mm-hmm. so Chronicles is about them eating at her funeral and discussing the yeah. little adventures that she went on that she talked about. Yeah, um, yeah. and you go on like five five mini journeys. Yeah. Um and um, so you Chronicles play as her as like a. Sorry, go ahead, Brad. Sorry, I was gonna say you, one of them you play as her as a teenager, hey. adult badass self. It was like a horror kind of um aspect on that. That was the first time that I mean, Tomb Raider's always been scary. It's always intentionally yeah. made you jump scare and stuff. Um, but uh, Chronicles was actually originally supposed to be a video game version of the Angelina Jolie movie. Ah. Uh, and they did not get anywhere near close to done. With the movie, at the time, Eidos wanted Core to start because they didn't want to skip a year. So they, yeah. they wouldn't let Core skip a year. The movie got delayed by like two years. So Core had to just make it. And Chronicles was good, though. Yeah, they're they're all fun. All the originals are fun. Like it's it's not the best Tomb Raider game, but it's they're they're all fun. Like all the originals are fun. Angel of Darkness, if it had had the polish it wanted, would have been a really good Tomb Raider game if they had gotten to do what they wanted. And it was a shame. And you know, eventually they shut Core Design down, um, and it went to Crystal Dynamics, um, and they did the Legend trilogy, which was actually really good. Um, they they did a good job rebooting her. Um, actually, on PSP, was going to make. I wouldn't say that Legend Trilogy was a reboot. You don't think so? No, it's still continued in the time. I don't know. They are all all the stuff classified it as. It was like oh, Laura's second iteration. It was uh, nailed. They nailed her. They did a great job. I think. Yeah, they did. I mean, the Legend Trilogy is fantastic. It's um, they did a yeah. Like I was really stoked for the Legend Trilogy. Kind of ended, and I didn't know. Square Enix had bought her, and they did the Croft Guardian of Light. Then went trilogy yeah. after that. I didn't even know Square Enix owned them for the longest time. I just yeah. like I saw Lara disappear after Underworld, and I was like, "Where's Tomb Raider?" Yeah. Um, cool. So it was weird because um, like I didn't know, but I think it's Square Enix. They purchased they purchased like Eidos and Crystal Dynamics, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. and that, so that's probably how they ended up inheriting Tomb Raider, and then they took it into the Uncharted which we saw like in the reboot trilogy so it's very yeah. fascinating history even though this episode is a geek spot 
Um, now it's also a history of Tomb Raider episode. <laughs> Always. Really I was funny. curious. Well, that's the long answer, Jordan. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. See, I would just from hearing that, like, I liked the direction of like that Uncharted style because after I played the Tomb Raider, the first two games, I played all four Uncharted games. I haven't played the last one yet, but um, and I like absolutely loved them. And I think that kind of design works really well and where they didn't do it well in Tomb Raider was just the story wasn't that great. Like there just wasn't progression. Um, unlike Uncharted, you know, you see Nate go from being single, kind of dumb, like, you know, just starting off on his journey too. <laughs> but he progresses into this like really great guy over time, like really intelligent. And I mean, I loved the ending of four. It was just so cute. And I loved uh, Elena and, it, it it just made you like feel stuff, you know. I feel nothing playing the new Tomb Raider games. I agree with <laughs> that. Yeah, I did too. It, I didn't. I didn't feel as. That's honestly. Them. Like I remember. I remember. I like did. I said when I, the first. You know, the first reboot was good. You know, it was like really. Yeah. You see Lara Croft enter the M-rated territory. See some like the really dark, gruesome stuff, and then, you know, you go through Rise and Shadow, and you're right, it's just kind of the same thing over and over again. You don't really see that character growth that you'd hoped for because they did promise it. Like I thought we would still get dual guns. The dual, oh, for dual sure. Guns back and rise. Like I, I thought like the whole point of the reboot was, hey, we've created the Tomb Raider real quick. She's going to come back and be a badass. You're going to have like the dual pistols and the dual adventures. Like we're going to do all this other stuff. And then it was just like you had to like find all and upgrade the weapons every single fucking game. And it was terrible. To keep re- <laughs> rehashing that a while yeah it just didn't have the same feel like some of the level designs and some of the environments they did were fun still but it just yeah the the they did not they never delivered that's what i think it comes down to is that people that grew up or or like me i was 14 when the first one came out um people that grew up it came out i was 14 um people that grew up with it there was no game like tomb raider on the planet nope that was the only game that was like that, and it defined 3D exploration. Like, on a fundamental level, up vertical and subterranean and in all directions, it defined what an action-adventure explorative game was. And the new Tomb Raiders are more like pieces, like taking pieces and doing it well. It was well executed. It took pieces of, of the most popular games out there and just kind of them together yeah i yeah, did sure. again i liked 2013 it was fine i had no no problem with the gameplay design um until rise when it was like an entirely new place like syria and siberia i think it was and yeah syria they were exactly the same as the island of yamatai like the same people like several thousand miles away these people built exactly the same devices and stuff and it just kind of broke what made tomb raider special me yeah it was, yeah they just had they kind of rehashed the same things and coat of paint over it based on the area you did and so yeah it does it did take away from from some of the effects uh that the first one established and you know i didn't think about some of that as much i remember i think the only thing what i liked about rise at the time was and i was overlooking the fact is i think i was really fascinated by you know the temple they had in there with like the prophet and stuff i guess there was something really fascinating about the the, you know, the level designs and the mystery shrouding that, that might have had me a little in the story. But then, you know, as I'm reflecting on mentioning a lot of the stuff, I'm like, oh, crap, you're right. You know, it, it really <laughs> wasn't a lot of that. 
again, I say, I'm not saying Tomb Raider is not a good game. Tomb Raider 2018 no, no, and they're Rise, good they're games. good games. They're just not what I wanted from Tomb Raider personally. That's all. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's hard when you grow up on it because, you know, I, Tomb Raider was like the epitome of video games for me as a kid. So I'm starting I, to get games, and Tomb Raider is one of the first games I ever played on PlayStation when I was a little kid. I watched my mom play it, and I thought it was the best game in the world. You know, I became obsessed. And Tomb Raider was the only game as a kid that I was allowed to have on. Like, we didn't have a lot of money, but my mom would always make money to buy uh, Tomb Raider um, on launch. So I was always allowed to have a Tomb Raider game on launch. Um, and she played, like, the first three, and I think she stopped. And then I kept going. Um, but anyway, um, I think we've probably covered a lot about Tomb Raider. So I think we're going <laughs> We'll we still haven't actually introduced Matt yet. <laughs> no, we're going to introduce oh, wow. Matt now. So, uh, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. The moment you... Uh, here's Matthew Dayton. Matthew, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself outside of Tomb Raider. We've, we've covered, we've covered uh, the love for Tomb yes, Raider. And my obsession with Tell us the other problem. things about you. <laughs> um, I am Matthew Dayton. I go by Cannibal Quadfather on Twitter. Um, I am an artist. I own a business. Um, I play... A lot of video games primarily single player although when i'm in a group online with friends i find online fun i just don't find it as fun with strangers um i uh am also really into fitness and, and that physically exerts my body like uh, i do a lot of endurance and hiit training and i'm also recently a gymnast um and a climber so, was that also inspired by Tomb Raider? Yes. Everything I do is inspired by <laughs> You know that to be true. You can't no, talk about all Matt right. and not talk about Tomb Raider. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like we got it all. But um, how long have you been working out, Matt? Uh, four years. Four years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What's, your, uh, what's your favorite kind of workout and all that? What do you really um, Honestly, I, that's hard for me to say because I really just enjoy anything that's strenuous that i really have to push myself and uh, yeah i just really enjoy that so it's it's hard for me to say i really enjoy weightlifting i enjoy um i did the spartan race the the uh i can't remember how they're oh the super uh, i did the super spartan race a couple years ago but i got hurt shortly after so i haven't done it since but it's hard for me to say what my favorite is because i just kind of enjoy all of it All right. All right. I wish I enjoyed exercise. Sorry, that was involuntary. Yeah. Oh, man. Cutting out, Yep. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kayla's mom. We want her to talk a lot more. Man, every time. It's really depressing. I'd quit hogging all the mic time. Just kidding. I'm just saying that's what Kayla's mom said. Yeah, right. Kayla's mom's going to be like, God, your your co-host never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> Didn't even get yeah, because your daughter that. doesn't have internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> started GoFundMe for Kayla's internet fund. We probably should. <laughs> um, and Brad, I think you asked, I think some of the questions you had asked Jordan were, what are some of her favorite video games? Yes, outside of, for you, outside of Tomb Raider. Yeah, outside of Tomb Raider. <laughs> Um, I really love I, I love all the staples of gaming, of course, like Resident Evil and um, 
all those types of games, but my favorite games, uh, much like Jordan said, some of my favorite games are Bethesda games, um, but I prefer their medieval RPG-type games like uh, Oblivion and Skyrim more recently. Um, although I, I do enjoy Fallout some, I've, I've, ha- I've struggled with that series some. Um, I really love Horizon. Uh, Uncharted is good. It's not one of my favorites. I, I do enjoy it, though. It's very well done. But um, Dreams, I'm obsessed with Dreams, going on like 4,000 hours. Uh, I love No Man's Sky, and I've loved it since the beginning, and I will defend it to my death because it was, on premise alone, mind-blowing what they pulled off. So I understand all the stuff around it, and I get everybody's arguments. I'm not in any way getting anybody's arguments about why it wasn't great when it came out, but it sold me on the premise that it gave to me. So I um, love that game as well. That I could honestly go on. I I love Gran Turismo. I love... Final Fantasy to excess. Final Fantasy will always be my favorite Japanese RPG series. Um, I have a cactuar on my leg. I have it's a really dope cat- cactuar too. Thank you. Way, just for that. <laughs> I have the go blood check out his Twitter to see it. He, it. It's a really good tattoo. Like go actually go to his profile and like the cactuar. Yes, please do. Um, and I also have a tattoo of the blood sin from Vagrant Story on my back. So I am method with video game memorabilia. One thing I want to circle back with you is the, actually the uh, the dreams uh, part because um, you make a lot of really cool stuff and you shared on Twitter and I know dreams obviously didn't get the marketing that it deserved but I would love to hear a little bit more about dreams and kind of tell us how you kind of got into and, and some of the stuff you worked on. In um, I guess the reason that I love dreams is because it's sort of like I don't want to compare it to like Unreal Engine because on a simplistic level it is somewhat like Unreal Engine, um, but it's everything is visual. So what, as an artist, what always sold me, because I am not interested in coding at all, um, what always sold me about Dreams is that everything in it, including the coding aspect of it, is done visually. So it always, from day the day it was announced, it always was really appealing to me. Um, and then once I discovered you could build not only worlds, but entire games, I became obsessed with the idea of it because... I don't have a super powerful PC. I've got a work laptop, and then I've got a PlayStation and a Switch. Um, okay. And so it being on PlayStation, being like something like Unreal Engine, you know, three or whatever, I don't even know what to graphically, graphic capability-wise. Graphics on it are really up to the user, though. There are so many ways to go with graphics on that thing. Even though majority of games that are built on it, people don't know how to do uh, beyond that just paint down a square. So a lot of the games do look similar, um, but people are doing really awesome stuff with it, and I it it applies it appeals to my you know my desires as an artist. Because I can create in three D just like Jordan likes to do. Um, I can rig characters and creatures and animate them, and, and uh, it's just really cool to like design games in my free time without having to have some sort of rig and I'm not in any way against PCs. I just I just don't have one. I've never really had access to a ton of money. I had three adopted kids and I'm not saying like PCs are outrageously expensive. No, you can get a really good one for less than a thousand bucks. Um it's just what it comes down to is that I always want the best of the best of the best. And I know if I go down the road of PC I'm gonna end up 
exhausting my bank account on dumb stuff like Titan X graphics cards. That, and I'm talking about like five years ago, of course. But you know what I mean. It just would. Yeah. I would go down the road of spending way too much money on my PC. And of course, I've I've PC gamed. I've been a PC gamer my entire life. I played and like things like Doom and Quake and stuff came out. That stuff was only on PC, and we used to land party and play for hours and hours and hours. So I went in in no way against PC gaming. I just simply don't have a PC. Right. Um, and so Good. Dreams was attractive to me because it was right there on the PlayStation and it was very much a streamlined version of game engines that was very simple to use in comparison to something like Unreal Engine 5. It was more like, I'm sorry, not Unreal Engine 5, just Unreal Engine in general. Unreal Engine, I feel like you have to either have some basis or understanding of what you're doing on it or you have to watch a ton of tutorials. And with Dreams, it's more like I'm discovering content. Like I'll be like, I wonder what would happen if I did this or messed with this or physicalized or whatever, this or that. And it, it's fun to go and experiment with all that stuff, which I'm sure that it absolutely is with something like Unreal Engine or um, Blender, those kind of things. I have tried Blender. Uh, I don't know. Just something about it was really appealing to me, and I very, very much enjoy using it. Oh, I will no, say... That... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say the accessibility of it definitely is very appealing. Um, as somebody who has worked in UE4 for making games, I can definitely tell you it's got a huge learning curve. Oh my God, uh, yes. there's, it's just, it's so deep, you know, there's so much Absolutely. to it. And it, it does require a lot of knowledge of other softwares too. Like you can't model in, in Unreal Engine. You You have to make your model somewhere else. Right. You have to come up with your rigs in, you know, Maya. And then you import those into UE, UE4. I guess UE5 is out now. So it's definitely like, like they put all of the things, all the tools that you could possibly need into this one game. Like they gamified game design, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Um, um, but I will say in, in relation to that as well, uh, Dreams does have a huge learning. I would say that it was about oh, seven sure. hours of play. There was a couple hours in that first seven hours where I was like, this isn't going to work for me. The controls are impossible. This is impossible. That's impossible. But as I push through it, and and I'm and like a seven hour learning curve on a video game is insane. So it does deter a lot of people. A lot of people are like, "This is impossible. I can't get this to do at all what I want." And I understand that. It's just a matter of learning how to make it. Because that bubble bath engine, which is what Dreams is, is seriously so malleable, and there's so much you can do with it. And you're right, Jordan. They put everything from like. You design all your music in there. You design all your animation in there. You do all your rigging in there. You do all your modeling in there. And so it's it's very fast. And that's why a lot of like the Twitter artists that you see, like Martin Belong, are like like the two-hour workflow in Dreams. Once you know what you're doing, I can make ten times or a hundred times more than I could in my other works. So it is, it is, but it has a learning curve as well. It's just not quite as steep as something like Unreal. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount the learning curve no. at all, for no, sure. No, I know. It's not easy. Right. It's more accessible. It's Absolutely. not easy, though, that's Absolutely. for sure. I feel like it's just maybe more approachable. Like, you can, it's easier to experiment and learn, because, like, I turned on Blender, and I'm like, wow. Like, I have no idea at all what I'm doing. There's 1,000 men. And they're all important, and they all have a serious function. I don't know anything about it. 
So it was very yeah. daunting. And I did learn how to, like, try to model something, but I feel like importing it to Unreal Engine or whatever, you know, whatever you want to make your games in Unity, whatever, it's there's a lot to learn from all that. And there was in Dreams as well. It's just, like, experimentation learning versus, like, YouTube video or school learning. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, Unreal Engine definitely required school learning for me. Yeah. Um, there is, of course, I mean, there's so much to do in there. There's a lot of experimentation that you can do as well, but it's just so much deeper and it just takes so long. Like, you know, and the amount of time that it took you to master uh, Dreams probably takes somebody trying to master Unreal Engine like hundreds or thousands of hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I have, I have, like I said, I'm going on 4,000 hours in Dreams. At this point, I've pretty much got everything that that thing does down to a T. And I yeah. have for probably 3,000 hours. Although, Dreams is incredibly deep also. And as I go, I learn how to, you know, uh, optimize here and there. And I come up with different ideas to try things. So there's, there's a ton of depth to it too. But you're right. It's just, it's not the thousands of hours to get going. Yeah. And it is way more accessible because of the fact that it's on a console. It's true. And like you said, PCs are expensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, not everybody can even afford a console, let alone a PC right, right. that is going to run with that same amount of power. Right. So, although these days you could probably get a PC and make something on Unreal Engine Four with relatively nothing, like it wouldn't cost you anything, really. Yeah, it just depends on how much details and data that you've imported into Unreal really. Engine. You know, the more the more you add, if you add high poly characters, you need a higher PC or higher powered PC in order to actually work within the engine. Exactly. Otherwise, it'll just you know crash out on you because you don't have enough processing power to deal with it. You're absolutely right. Man, no, that's that's absolutely incredible. Like, there's a lot of that. You know, I didn't know. I I don't know creative side but that's dang that's really insightful um what are just out of curiosity what are a couple of projects you've been working on in dreams man you... um so i am always working on my tomb raider remake which is a remake of the original tomb raider and yes we'll always go back to tomb raider if i'm involved in any way um and i've made the first four it's levels cool. entirely and the and it's cool Thank it you. is really cool looking. I, I played it. it. It was cool. Oh, you <laughs> played it? Oh, that's so dope. I I haven't played it. I just saw his progress updates on on Twitter, and I always thought they looked really cool. The first two levels are pretty janky for him. because oh, thanks, Jordan. I know. <laughs> first two levels are janky, and that's the thing about dreams is that and and that's just game development in general. Every game that I make is significantly better than the last one because I learn things as I make the previous one that I'm like, oh, I'm never doing that again, or that worked really well, and I'm going to use that as a shortcut or as, as my primary you know, development path. So um, I'm also working on... I've been working on this game called Zombie Apocalypse, which was actually featured in uh, the launch trailer for Dreams. And That's awesome. Badass. And was also yeah, featured on the, the ever first ever Dreams uh, was it was shown by Media Molecule. And this is by Matthew Dayton, and it was really cool. They made me make a trailer that was two minutes and eleven seconds long uh, for my next project, and it was Zombie Apocalypse, and I wrote all the music for it, and it was it was a blast. So, this has been life changing. Yeah, that is that is friggin' badass, man. And congrats on that. 
that's a that's like a huge deal. Thank you. So I'm working on uh, number four right now for Zombie Apocalypse, and I'm working on level five of Tomb Raider. And I'm always working on all these little other projects. Like, uh, Jordan, I think you played Matter Master, which is a little circular character that can absorb the matter of whatever he's touching. He gets different powers. Yes, I did play that one. Um, so, yeah. I'm always doing stuff. I'm always messing around with it. Oh, no, that's incredible. Um, so, yeah, if you, um, for anybody that has dreams or uh, uh, is curious about it, yeah, definitely check uh, Matt's uh, dreams games out uh it sounds like you'll have a blast with them and i need to dreams and check them out myself so i'm not much of a creator but i would love to play games that people make i i love seeing a user created content there was and even though i'm not paid games. by media molecule in any way you can usually find it on the playstation store for like 10 or 15 dollars so there's absolutely no reason to at least play other people's creations because there are literally thousands of creations at this point and some of them are legitimately like a playable game that you would pay money for um, at this point. Yeah. A lot of people are getting really, really, really good with the tool because it has been out for two years now. Uh, so people are getting, like, it's, it's insane what people crank out of this engine. Um, so it's, it's worth it for like 10 or $15 for almost anyone, even just to like pop it on here and there and see what's new or find something crazy or... Uh, and it's being used in a feature film. The animator, uh, the animation engine being used in a feature film, I think next year or this year, for the first oh, time ever. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. I know that uh, you also do digital art um, in addition to your, uh, you know, your dream creations and all that. So how did you kind of become an artist and, and get into the digital art space? I know you've done pieces like on Tomb Raider and, and Final Fantasy and, and several others. So what kind of got you into that? And, um, so I have been drawing since I was like five. I actually found my first drawing the other day going through, uh, stuff from my mom's house. So, um, it's a turkey and I've been drawing since I was like five years old and I've always loved drawing and never drew human beings. I only drew monsters. I'm sorry to bring this up again, but then Lara Croft came into existence and I only wanted to draw Lara Croft, which is still probably 80% of my art piece. Um, so I got into digital because the PlayStation Vita released because I was like adamantly against getting a smartphone because I knew I would spend all my time on it, which proved true. Um, so I got a PlayStation Vita and the app Colors came out, which was a drawing app. And I started, you know, because it's free or something. And so I just started messing around with it. And I came to absolutely love the fact that I didn't have to worry about Oily fingers smudging the graphite, and I didn't have to worry about um, paper or pencils or super expensive colors or blending. Like digital art was everything that you want as an artist without the mess or the cost, really. And it, I mean, that alone is hugely attractive as an artist. I mean, a canvas, when I paint, a canvas is like $45 for a decent canvas. And then if you get decent paints, you're spending another 100 bucks to get the colors, just the colors you need for that painting. So digital art is really like, I, I, that's what's attractive about it. It's far more cheap, and it's not messy, and, and you can mess up. Mess up in regular art. I still love conventional art. 
Um, but obviously, I primarily do digital art nowadays simply for the accessibility. And uh, if you want to make some extra money, just draw a bunch of demon dick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can just post the demon dick I've already drawn. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, your number one customer is already. I, don't know, I apologize again. It's going to be a, it's going to be a weekly apology. I have to fit it in every week. <laughs> it just it's become a tradition. <laughs> I don't think anyone is upset about that. No. I am really offended right now. Party uh, gets offended. That's hilarious. <laughs> get your get your offended millennial ass out of here, Jordan. It's <laughs> <laughs> very ageist of you. I know. <laughs> As a millennial, I uh I find your uh <laughs> So I was I'm born, basically a Gen Zer, okay? I was born right on the We're the same fucking like, age. What the fuck? <laughs> you are. The, cut, the cutoff though is like 94 for Gen Z. Like that's when like like Gen Zers. It's not, it was it's like 90 fucking like 6. Dude, it's like it depends on who you ask, all right? <laughs> no, I I was born I was born in 93. I ain't fucking associating. <laughs> I'll I'll associate myself with them. I'm a zillennial. No, no. <laughs> No. Daniel. <laughs> or a zoomer. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, yeah. Yeah, no. I was born no, right on the cusp of the other end of millennial. Do you, I think 19... do you really want to be associated with the Tide Pod kids, Jordan? Do you really be associated with that? You know, I don't... There were eight Tide yeah. Pods. Not the Tide... Me. Not the Tide Pods. Hold on now. Okay, we did really dumb fucking shit when we were kids, too, though. We didn't oh, no. fucking Tide Everybody Pods. did. Everybody did. Everybody tried everything because there's warning labels on shit because our parents ate shit and that's why warning <laughs> labels exist so exactly don't single out tide pods we're all dumb everybody's dumb. yeah i didn't eat tide pods um, but i was getting stoned at 16 so <laughs> hey at least weed's good for you <laughs> i don't think that's true <laughs> what the french say <laughs> i'm the french <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Apparently, the Saudi Arabians think smoking cigarettes is good for you. That is true. Yes. I uh, yeah, I met some Saudi Arabian uh, exchange students in college, and they smoked a lot. And they kept telling, "It's like I don't think that's how that works." But okay, <laughs> it's like you guys do you. Back in the like what thirties, forties, something like that, in American history, doctors were prescribing cigarettes to people. So yeah, I know, which is so ah. nuts. I mean, my grandma was a part of that generation's, and like she smoked uh, during that. Then all of a sudden, they were like, "Oh shit, this is actually bad for you." And it's just like, "Ow!" Yep. How did we go from "It's really good for you" to "Oh fuck, you're all gonna die of cancer." <laughs> it happens. It's a conspiracy, man. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Yeah, is that you rolling up your blunt as you do it? It's a conspiracy, man. The government's in control of everything, man. Okay, but I yes. will say, I after the second time I caught COVID, I had this whooping cough that would not go away, and it's finally gone. I mean, I still, if I cough, it's whooping. Um, but the doctor said that will heal. And she was like, do you That's smoke nice. cigarettes? And I was like, no. And she said, oh, okay. And I said, but I do smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> She's like, but do you mix tobacco into it? And I said, no. And she, she sure sound like you do. <laughs> I said, oh, wow. it's COVID, and she said, oh, that'll go away then. And she was right. I mean, it's slowly going away, so she kind of reassured me. She's like, as long as you don't mix your weed with tobacco. 
See, there you go. Down. See, you can smoke all the weed you exactly. want. It's not gonna. It's not gonna give you cancer. Doctor so there you go. Smoke the weed, kids. <laughs> what if I smoke weed and vape? Am I okay? Or you're just a douchebag. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Literally, my ex told me I was a douchebag because I wear flat-billed hats. Why do you wear those? It makes me look like a douchebag. Like I know I am. Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting out here in the smoking area with my flat-billed hat on. Smoking my vape, like, yeah, I look like a fucking douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We lost Kayla. I saw that. <laughs> she just hopped Sorry, out. Kayla. Uh, it's like, yeah, her internet probably crapped out. Poor She's like, this is pointless. I can't even speak. <laughs> yeah, Kayla's probably like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys, I'm going Back home. I'll, I'll, her speak, internet I'll speak for her. Like... I'll, I'll speak <laughs> Hey, George's gonna speak for Kayla. Yeah, do you Kayla guys want to talk about Final Fantasy? Let me tell you all about Final Fantasy <laughs> and all of my favorite <laughs> Final Fantasy games. They're the best games in the world. I love all of them. <laughs> all of the characters are amazing. And we should talk about that more. Always. I agree. Is that pretty good? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know exactly the... like me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, that's totally Kayla. All you gotta do is I really, I really thought that was me for a second. Hey, is this Jordan Whoa. talking right now? Or <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one of you is talking. Jordan, are you <laughs> It's like really hard to tell, right? Uh, yeah, it was. It, it's such a good impersonation. Man. Yeah. Oh my God, Jordan, do me now. Oh. Oh yes, please. Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider. <laughs> Final Fantasy, also. <laughs> I'm gonna get me. I gotta work out and get me some big titties. <laughs> yeah, one of the first. I won't be satisfied until I have zero percent body fat and I can launch myself. Yes, that is me. <laughs> and I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, one of the first tweets that I ever made that broke over social media is like somebody, one of my Facebook friends was like, um, is this you? Because I said, what was the more iconic night was Shiva's Final Fantasy X snap or Thanos? Shiva destroyed yeah. Thanos. If 89% of like 11,000 votes. And I mean, it ended up in. Snap is pretty fabulous. Somebody on Facebook was like, God, I love the gays. <laughs> the, gays are, the gays are a real treat for all of us. We, we, the world would be a shittier place. Yeah, I feel like as a gay, I should love Final Fantasy. But yeah, it just hasn't oh, that's happened. right. I forgot you shit on one of the greatest JRPG franchises. I get so much joy out of it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> oh, like true. every Final Hello? Fantasy fan. It's just. <laughs> she liked that tweet I made where it was like, she's a 10, but she calls herself a gamer and then just plays Final Fantasy. And she liked it. And I knew she was like liking it to be like, huh. oh, yeah, I know that's bad. <laughs> she's, she's a seven. <laughs> I liked it because I thought it was funny and true. Right? Okay. I have, I okay, I don't enjoy the games, but I have respect for them. I just like to pick on them because I find that a lot of their fan base is insane. And <laughs> you know, I find that a lot it's of like fan bases are really riled up. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We could probably name like several fan bases where the fan oh, base hates the, hates the games more than anybody else. <laughs> oh, and I, I so mean, it's the same thing with Tomb Raider. It's because they're, it only comes from love. And so, you have to love Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Like Jordan doesn't love Final Fantasy. She doesn't hate Final Fantasy. She just doesn't vibe with her. 
Whereas somebody who plays Final Fantasy will snicker and bark at you if you say 13 or 15. Hey, yeah, don't ever. No, anybody <laughs> who talks shit about 13, man, that, those are the people I want to throw. 13 is a good fucking game and lightning yeah is awesome. yeah i tried playing it um i played like six hours i fucking hated it <laughs> god damn it jordan <laughs> i'm not gonna say anything i i'm already ready to throw hands like man man he can't, <laughs> caleb's about to get fucking fired as a producer we're talking <laughs> about final fantasy <laughs> <Not> 13 <laughs> It's just a straight line, dude. You just kept running forward, and then enemies would come up, and then you just press a couple buttons, and you kill them, and then you run straight forward again. And that was like, that's all it, it was. It has a deep story, damn it, and the paradigm system <laughs> killing enemies. You have to strategize. There's different characters oh. to use, and you have to make fun of Hope for being a little bitch. But uh, dude, Hope is so annoying. Part <laughs> of being a party game, if lightning dies, the game is over. Ugh. Oh, that frustrated me so much. What's even if Phoenix yeah, jumps? Right? What's even if Phoenix jumps? <laughs> this doesn't work on lightning. Well, like, how do you play Final Fantasy VII what without the, the whole time? Kayla, do you see this shit in the chat? Do you see this shit? No. <gasps> Caleb! I know, right? Man, he's about to, fire. About to fire his ass. What is he saying? He said that lightning isn't Whoa. even that hot. Oh, you that's right on word. Although her finger is too long. Lander. Literally mm -hmm. the first Final Fantasy game I ever played was 13 because of Lightning. I mean, yeah, I mean that was the first Final Fantasy game I played. I only <laughs> like 13 because of Lightning. And Fang. Really I just, reason you, let's not forget. <laughs> I was so attracted. Need, <laughs> lightning huh? is the whole purpose that like Final, it's like Lightning is Final Fantasy 13's like soul redeeming quality. And Fang. <laughs> she is. Fang, Fang is Fang awesome. Is Fang is amazing. I do love Fang. Yeah, no, Fang was fantastic. And then that's it. He's Look, good. As long as we can all hard. agree that Hope sucks, we, we should all be in in good hands. Hope does suck. What's yes, the girl I think that we can. Too. She's annoying. Who? Oh, fucking Vanilla. Oh, yeah. I don't like her. Or, or Chris Cross or whatever his name was. Ugh. I'm gonna be honest. The only character I liked was Lightning. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Same. 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 Yeah, yeah, I didn't make it. I didn't make it far enough. Like I, I saw Fang like on the hilltop from like my memory. Like she's just like standing there and she says something like, and I didn't really play much further past that yeah. point. So like I saw her introduced she's, and then she's just it. a hot lesbian. Just right. true. That that is her purpose. Her purpose is to be a hot lesbian. And then Vanilla. Jordan's gonna play thirteen now. <laughs> I actually watched like four hours worth of cutscenes of thirteen. When I stopped playing, because I was like, I still want to know the story, but I hate this gameplay so much. Like I'm I just I don't know why people so hate the paradigm anymore. system. I didn't have a problem with the paradigm system. I enjoyed oh, it. Paradigm system. I just, I that's because that's uh, that's because that's what you started on, and all of us old school Final Fantasy people are like, you know, old and set in our ways. So it took like us a while system. to get over it. I embrace. I'm just saying, I embraced both the combat systems, and I will even my favorite. Oh, I'm over system. it now, but yeah. When oh, it good. first came out, I, I had some grudges. Isn't this sense, be I'll, I'll tell you what, though. My favorite, my favorite combat system, though, in Final Fantasy is still Final Fantasy X's, though. Final Fantasy X reigns supreme. It's quite the strategic. Have you, have you played X2 yet? No, I've not played X2 yet. There, I love X2's battle system. X2's battle system. I just... It's what? <laughs> you cut out. What is their battle system, Matt? <laughs> 
I'm trying to figure I'm out. I'm like if he's panicking because it could be good. Like, I'm like, is he fucking? I know Fantasy Ten's battle system is fun. Oh, fun. I really thought yes, you were comfortable. Really like, fun. I thought you were fucking with Jordan. Oh. Like, it's what, like, you intentionally got quiet each time. Like, like you're just gonna make Jordan keep repeating herself. <laughs> no, I was saying fun. <laughs> of tens, um, but I think I kind of love all of the Final Fantasy battles. Even came to love thirteens uh, and fifteen. I don't. I don't hate. I I played so. I've finished several of them now, and I've at least almost all of yeah. them and i like all of there's only one final fantasy i don't like and that's city of nt on ps4 i do not it's like trash. It's trash. It is trash oh my god just after the amazing dissidia and dissidia duodecim get yeah with uh, such a those psp games are phenomenal amazing. and dissidia basically shat on the entire spinoff series and i was very disappointed all right so I'm, like I do have to say, for me, Kingdom Hearts was Final Fantasy. Um, and the fact that they removed the Final Fantasy characters from Part 3 and are saying that there won't be any in Part 4, that really diminishes so much of the series for me. Oh, same. I got yeah. actually really offended when I read that article. Me that too. was like, they were saying, they were saying that like Final Fantasy was never... Like the folk, or like was never the main part, or so- something. I can't remember exactly the words, but it was basically just saying like it was never about Final Fantasy. You shouldn't care about Final Earth. Fantasy. That's like, why we use potions and things. And it Gaza. hurt because Zaga. I was like, yeah. And it was like, I'm sorry. The only reason, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Kingdom Hearts now, yeah, but I had no interest in it. Like I didn't want to run. I was 12 when I first played it, and you know, you're at that age where you're like. Oh, I'm too old to be. Pl- I'm not going to play this Disney baby game. Right. But then they were like, "But there's Final Fantasy characters in it," and I was like, "Okay, sold." So like, they owe a lot to Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy fans, 100%. and it just feels like a slap in the face. Well, and mm-hmm. I think it's unfair because basically what they're saying is is they used the Final Fantasy characters in the first marketing Final Fantasy fans to buy it to increase sales, and then basically once the franchise became popular, that's what it feels like. They just gave everybody the middle finger and said, "All right, fuck you guys." It's uh, yeah, characters. It's so clearly inspired entirely by Final. Like it's a Final Fantasy action game in Disney World. That's what it essentially is. Yes, and don't get me wrong. Kingdom Hearts Three was a blast. It had amazing um, battle system, Mm -hmm. but. By the end, I was like, wow, I saw every single world in trailers. I saw every single yeah. character model in trailers. And there wasn't a single surprise. And I guess it extra hurt because there was no surprises. That meant there was yeah. no Final Fantasy. And that's, I mean, that's how I felt. It felt, it just felt small. I know they said they were making the world bigger, but the problem was, is we had a third. They did nix the Final Fantasy characters. And then they just showed us all like, I don't know. There's only like five worlds or something like that. And they showed us all five of the worlds in the trailer. And I only thought they were going to review. Like, I thought they were just like, like giving us a tease of just some of the worlds. And we were going to have like all stuff. And then, oh, yeah, okay, so I've seen the whole game. And then it just didn't live up to my expectations. And so I was like, well, it was a good game. And I had fun with it. It just, it didn't hit the same as like Kingdom Hearts 2, which just like freaking blew me out of the water when I played it. At the exactly. Time. Um, additionally, there was always a world in every Kingdom Hearts, and this was a staple of the series. That you didn't know was coming was a really big shocker. Yeah. You played the game, and to have 
gone all the way through Kingdom Hearts 3 and really had any surprises. Oh, yeah. You know, it was just it was I... disappointing. I loved Kingdom Hearts 3. It just who is the pinnacle of the series for me. Yeah, no, that was for me, too, and I think it was for a lot of like, like, turning into, like, uh, <clears throat> uh, doing the Lion King, you know, the Lion King do, and turning into little, like, cub stores. Like, holy shit, this is so yeah. cool! Like, it was just... I got, like, really, really excited with, like, some of the extra worlds and stuff like that. And I remember even in some of the spinoffs and stuff, I got really excited, like, at Birth by Sleep to finally see, like, Cinderella. Yeah. And, Absolutely. Um, That's what I mean. Like, no I life. do love that there's Disney characters in it, love that they're incorporating Pixar, and you know Star Wars and Marvel are coming. But I also, they like... have to be performed. Like, I would rather there be no Star Wars or Marvel if they're not going to include Final Fantasy. Like, I'd rather have Final Fantasy than Star Wars or Marvel. Yeah, no, I would too. And I mean, because I like, I really do want those worlds. But yeah, I would, I would Final Fantasy characters over it. But I hope at the same time, it would be. All right, go ahead. I'm just saying, how dope would it be though to blow up the Death Star? Sort yeah. though. <laughs> and at the same time, I I always had this hope that there would be Final Fantasy worlds. It's like, how cool would it be to run around Ballam Garden fighting like I don't know Albanian soldiers as Sora? That would be cool. And to see like the war between the schools, Final Fantasy Eight, and help all or Leon or whatever, like do you know help their worlds too? But to find out that they're just going to basically eradicate. Yeah, I mean that would be cool. Yeah, if they um if they'd incorporated a couple of the, it would have been hard to do that a little bit with some because sucks is they wouldn't have really been able to do ten because they like incorporated the ten characters like in a weird way as like Sora's childhood friends. Um, that was very strange yeah that was it was kind of um, weird so um, that, after I, oh and selfie was selfie oh was shit too, no selfie eight. was too damn yeah so we wouldn't even been able to like they could they would have only been able to integrate final fantasy weren't oh damn they even put vivi in kingdom hearts too shit so they made it really difficult also i thought vivi i didn't play final fantasy 9 when kingdom hearts vivi was like a heartless and really suspicious of him like the entire time like maybe he's gonna fuck some shit well, up that's hilarious out that, like he's then i found out like that he's like actually just like a black mage and again and he's like it's really clearly the character designs the monster designs and everything were heavily influenced by final fantasy like the big one they're all heartless but the big one that like bounces you off his belly he's an iron giant yeah. you know there's just so many characters from final fantasy that are clearly the little spell casters that attack you those are all black mages it sucks yeah, for them no, to be like, makes... Final Fantasy is not even part of Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, no, it is. Every spell, every item, like, what are you talking about? But yeah, that's... No, that's... It's, it's, it's tough. It's it's a sad day to see that them uh, straying away from the, the Final Fantasy. I'll still play it. I'll um, still love it. it. It's just a part oh, of it will always be missing. Yeah, I mean, I'll still have just as much fun with it and stuff, but I think it's going to be really hard as the series continues on yeah. i i just feel like it's gonna be hard to top kingdom hearts 2 i think kingdom hearts 2 set a bar at a certain like how cool was it going to the underworld and then being like i'm sorry and being like uh you have to find uh the greatest warrior who ever walked the earth but he died and then you find Orin down there and end up fighting like in hercules world with Orin. that was so cool it's not gonna happen. Oh, that was one of my favorite things, and having having Aaron in your party was like, oh my god, it was so much fun. 
Oh crap. Okay. But um but on that note, I know we've uh I know we've gone on a while and both of you were just absolutely phenomenal to talk with and <clears throat> we'll have, we'll definitely be having you uh, uh both on again. We'll have some more get other gaming specific focused episodes like Gundam episode that we'd love to see Jordan back on for. Matt, you know you'll be back for Tomb Raider. Absolutely. Please um, have me. And some other topics. I'd love to talk about um, my mom. No, yeah. Wait, yeah, that that wasn't it. our this wasn't our Tomb Raider episode. <laughs> no, sorry, there's still a, there's, <laughs> oh, there's so no, there's still an additional say. like seven hours that we're gonna dedicate <laughs> to <laughs> on, on her titties alone. Yeah, yeah, the triangle titties oh, alone is its own episode. Exactly. I'll just hop in about the titties and I'll leave. <laughs> I would be very disappointed. Jordan's like, I'm a cameo real quick and just mention the titties. Yeah. Did someone say titties? <laughs> Actually, the word you say to you whisper to make Jordan appear. Yes. Yeah. Titty. And then See, I'll that's just why I'm surprised you don't like Final Fantasy. Do you know how many titties there oh, are many in titties. Final Fantasy? Lulu titties. There are so, so many titties. <laughs> Lots of titties. I mean, yeah. they basically got Shiva, who's naked. Like, yeah. A drawing that I did of Lulu. I just don't like the gameplay, man. I can't get into it because I don't like turn-based. And then even, like, I played 15. I didn't like that battle system. I played 13. Didn't oh, like that. Like holding I played 7 Remake. Didn't like it. Jesus, you're saying that you couldn't... I mean, my God, have you seen Tifa's boobs? Was that not enough to get you through? It it was enough. I finished 7 Remake, okay? <laughs> I'll hail I finished Tifa's part boobs. one. <laughs> Tifa's boobs are quite the... I, I love how Tifa's boobs basically... The internet. It's one of the funniest things that, like... I think Tifa's boobs are a hotter topic than she is herself. You should draw Tifa. Yes! Yes! <laughs> um, that drawing that I did of Lulu, I was so... Fucking proud of that drawing. That was like one of the most. That was that great drawing. drawing. Was, it was beautiful. You did Thank our you. big titty goth queen justice. Well, you know, all of your Final Fantasy drawings were great. Thank you. you they were. God, I forgot. I yeah, you can't. I mean, when you talk about Final Fantasy titties, you, you, Tifa and Lulu, those are like the two, the big. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, before we go down another rabbit hole. Uh, um, this is actually going to be our season one finale so uh this is our last episode before we uh we kayla and i will be going on a summer hiatus as travel plans um to do so we will be returning uh mid-august or september haven't decided yet we'll figure it out uh you know keep up with us on twitter um if you want to know more we'll keep our social media active uh with our usual memes we'll find more memes of mickey mouse uh shooting up heroin and, and other fun stuff like that um huh? and <laughs> you, uh, you didn't see it <laughs> no oh my god so oh, yeah go to, the page, go to the geekly page and, and see uh it's it too yeah you know go on there go, go look at it all right we'll do um and uh but yes on that final note i'll go ahead and i'll Go ahead and close this out uh, one last time before our hiatus. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we are really grateful that you both were able to hop on and chat with us for a couple hours. And we really enjoyed everything that you guys had to say. Um, so thank you, Matt and Jordan. And we'll definitely have you guys on again. Yes, thank you for having us. And yes, thank yeah, you. it was great. It really was great. Um, and honestly, we could keep going longer if, you know, we weren't all old adults wow. and ready for bed. <laughs> well, and people might get tired of us. Uh, they might see a four-hour podcast and 
Yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> but we will definitely have you guys on again. And be sure to tune in after the break. Like Brad said, just stay up to date with us on Twitter. And we will hopefully see you guys again soon. Sounds great. Adios. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Follow the Geekly Podcast on Twitter at Geekly underscore podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Amazon Music.